0: One of the things that we've tried to do with AML conversations is to give you a broad array of experts in um, in the environment, if you will, that maybe directly work in financial crime prevention or uh, have had experience in other areas that touch on this space. We've we've done things as disparate as trying to uh, better understand. Art and antiquity theft, you'll see fairly soon, we've done some interviews on, on organ trafficking and wildlife trafficking and of, and, of course, human trafficking. We've talked about elder abuse. Um, but one of the things that I also try to add to these discussions and hopefully provide value to the, to you that listen, and we do appreciate you listening uh, to these podcasts, is a better understanding of what are our challenges going forward in terms of the next generation of skilled employees to help us with aml risk prevention investigations and just a better understanding of what we need to be successful and to be successful means to be able to identify and report illegal activity and get that information in the hands of law enforcement, but it also means to make sure your internal controls are strong, your governance, your governance systems are up to speed, and and obviously provide value. So all of that becomes uh, part of a bigger and bigger pie, if you will, of things we need to understand as AML professionals. So um, in that vein, I thought it was important to sit down and um, talk to our uh, our next guest, uh, Kent Belasco, who's the director the Commercial Banking Program at Marquette University. I'm uh, proud to be part of the advisory board that Kent has created, and AML Source has sponsored several events that the school has put on in the past couple of years. But one of the things that made this an uh, important type of interview for, for me it goes back a few years to a conversation I had with an AML director regarding the importance of um, certain skills in the AML financial crime prevention space. So um, we, had a, we had a conversation about the, uh, the things that directors of programs in AML look for. And historically, we all agreed that it was um, people with audit backgrounds, um, accountants, lawyers, compliance officials, all those uh, skills are relevant and are still relevant today. But something else sort of jumped out at me when this particular person I was talking to at the time, and it was a conversation with a number of us, but he said one of the things he started to do is to hire individuals with business and banking backgrounds to better equip the institution to be able to do um, product reviews before the product hit the market, to understand if we're going to provide a certain service, what are the challenges from a compliance an investigative standpoint. So uh, the Marquette program, which is one of only two in the country, uh, teaches undergraduates who are in the business school uh, that there is a career path in banking. So a couple things that are going on with the school, they're placing graduates directly into financial institutions and have a have a, have a high placement rate, which is excellent. But they're also looking at a number of things um, sort of the generic banking issues, credit and loan issues, that sort of thing. But they do have a program, a class in risk management, and they have done uh, events on university campus and and actually in Washington, D.C., on financial crime prevention. So looking to the next generation of staff, uh, if you're an AML professional, I think you got to look at different types of skill sets. And I think this is one where uh, Marquette University is helping prepare um, these individuals to understand banking at a fairly young age. And I think there's going to be extreme value there. So uh, sit back and enjoy my conversation with Kent Belasco, the Director of the Commercial Banking Program at Marquette University. Kent, thanks for taking the time today. One of the things that uh, interested me in doing a little bit of work w- with you when I first heard about this, was I was not aware that there were that many uh, commercial banking programs for undergrads, and I think I've overstated that because apparently it's not, not many at all, so talk, uh, talk a bit about why uh, Marquette decided to create this
1: center, your role in it, and what's the overall mission. Okay, thank you. Um, um, Marquette decided to move into this area from an undergraduate standpoint because uh, one of the key focuses of the College of Business is applied education, meaning more hands-on and a focus towards students getting jobs and, and good careers. We're a, a well-ranked uh, finance department in the country, in the top 25, and we do have a one of the. Um, programs within the finance department is an applied investment management program, which is very, very popular, been around for about 15 years. Um, Students who are finance majors uh, tend to be focused on um, career options that might be CFOs, treasurers, those types of things, Uh, but it's a little bit more... Broad or a little bit more abstract, and when uh, the AIM program, applied investment management, came along, their focus was investment banking, private equity. Students um, learn um, um, that discipline, but they have a ready market because they train to the CFA exam, uh, Chartered Financial Investors, and um, that's a very good thing and very popular. Uh, but not every, every student wants to move into investment banking. So what we decided to do is, uh, is have another option that students can select, and that's where commercial banking became an opportunity for us to develop uh, for that very reason. So were you
0: involved in the creation? Did Marquette reach out to you? How, how did this
1: start? Um, Actually, uh, Marquette was seeking a finance professor, and I responded to an ad on that. And the chair at the time um, was thinking about this type of direction, creating another program, another department, or program within the finance department. And when he saw my background, that piqued his interest because I had teaching experience. Um, I've been a, a, a banker for all of, almost all of my career, and that's exactly what he thought would be a good opportunity. So they're getting uh, looking for somebody to jumpstart a brand-new program, and that's, that's how we got started. So to, back to my,
0: my original uh, broader question. How many, to, to your knowledge, how many schools are there um, that have undergrad programs that focus on commercial
1: banking. At my knowledge at this point is, and what I've been told through other uh, bankers is too, uh, we ourselves and Texas A&M. Um, there are professional programs sure. that exist, right. but not at the undergraduate academic level. So we're unique. Do Do we think? I mean, that
0: if that's the, uh, that being the case, do we think that's mainly because the view, at least for undergrads, is banking doesn't seem that exciting. Now, finance, you can wrap your arms around being you know, getting the accounting industry. You can sort of understand all that. Your implied investment management, that makes a lot of sense. But was is that part of it in any of the research that the school did, that people don't look at banking the same way as some of these other professions?
1: I You know, I think there is a little bit of an element of that uh, in there, but um, commercial banking has not been... Um, looked at as a professional uh, discipline per se, like a, a, a professional accountant or a lawyer or something like that. It just hasn't, and that's that's typical. Typically been how people view banks. However, having said all that, um, finance is our uh, banking is all about finance. There's no question about it. Bankers need to understand economics, finance, sure. accounting, technology. they need. Uh, it is a profession. There's no question about it. And I think nobody has really addressed it at that level uh, before. And that's one of the goals that I'm trying to accomplish with this program is to raise the stature of a banker to the professional level. And it should be, uh, given the knowledge. And now, because of the financial crisis, the importance to the economy. Commercial banks are critical to the economy. Now, I know because I I, uh, was able
0: to attend, you you had a um, program on campus pretty early on uh, about the financial technology industry, the fintech. Mm -hmm. And as I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the keynoter talked about a sort of disruption in the economy of fintech. But since that time, and you you can talk a bit about his his thought process, but as I'm understanding the fintech space, more and more banks are not as worried about them being competitors they're trying to partner with them. So I would think that that might even be another reason for students to say, hey, yeah, maybe commercial banking doesn't seem that exciting to me, but if I have a commercial banking background, I may be able to get a job with the Airbnbs and the Googles and the Paypals and that sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of diversity. There's certainly a lot of diversity within commercial banks, and what I find is students don't necessarily understand that. They usually think of commercial banking as lending, and maybe that's about all. Right. But there are so many paths that can be taken, and now with the advent of fintech, um, uh, that there's a lot of diversity. It's not only that, but it's also uh, the the regulation, uh, regulate uh, regulator uh, disciplines as well. Uh, a commercial banking background there is very helpful, uh, as it is for organizations like FIS, Fiserv. Um, they process for lots of banks. They need people who understand commercial banking. So there's a lot of parallel paths that uh, create opportunity for students, and that's one of the main reasons that we did this also is because there's so many opportunities, not only in classic or traditional commercial banking, but in all of the other avenues. Uh, we'd like to expand that even more so as as the program matures. Um, commercial banking is not going away. Uh, it is a consolidating industry, but it's not going to go away. And that lays a good foundation from which students can do lots of other things as well.
0: You know, I remember, um been involved in a lot of conferences in my career on anti-money laundering and financial crime. I remember one particular panel discussion where I asked the bankers on the panel, if you're, tr- if you're uh, bringing new staff on, what skill sets do you look for? And this is a few years ago, not that long ago. And uh, most of them said, well, I want people to understand the laws and regs, maybe compliance. But one banker said, you know, I can teach people that. If they come with an understanding of banking products and how institutions actually work, um, that becomes even more essential because then as they're trying to figure out the compliance regime, they know what their product can and can't do, and so they're better equipped. So long, long-winded long way of saying, I think if people have a banking background, compliance and risk management become another career path. It doesn't simply have to be lending and credits Absolutely. and that sort of area.
1: Absolutely. Um, matter of fact, that's, that is a key part of it um, because one of the things that I've always said about the program, because of all the regulation and everything that's evolved over the years, I think a newer generation coming up in um, commercial banking will have a whole fresh look at uh, not only the industry but the regulation and and can help to support it and uh, hopefully change the industry um, certainly in a better way there, there's a lot of bad behavior out there uh, ethics play a role and that's another right. m- another reason for professionalism in this type of um, in this type of industry. Uh, I think that all helps, and I think it creates lots of opportunities for students to get into some of these other areas. Uh, regulation is, is a key part of it.
0: One of, one of the things examiners constantly criticize banks for is if at their product development stage they do not have um, a compliance person as part of that, then the chances of mistakes when it gets rolled out in the market increase. So if you have sort of a a double protection, you have somebody with a a product understanding plus a compliance understanding, that institution is more than likely going to make the correct decision on, as we go to market, here's the things we have to consider before we get there rather than get criticized because it's out in the market already and we miss some things, right? Yeah,
1: proactivity, I think, is really important, and I think that would change it. One of the what we see in regulation in a lot of cases is reactive. Bad behavior happens, then you have a regulation. That has to change. I mean, I think the proactivity, the more knowledge, and knowledge is everything. Uh, education is everything, and I think that will change that dynamic, and we can get out in front of a lot of these and prevent a lot of the issues that we've had in the past. So, some student that gets accepted into your program, walk us
0: through some of the. Um... Subjects in the curriculum and what they'll learn.
1: Yeah, the first thing that they get involved in is the uh, the, the introduction to commercial banking. But those are not necessarily students in the program, although um, that's a that's kind of a breeding ground for finding talent that may may potentially be good candidates. And um, so I do a lot in that course. Uh, we do a, a, a bank simulation where they do four quarters. Uh, they actually run a bank. Uh, it's, it's very hands-on. Um, we have them do an earnings release at the end of the semester and they present that to actual bankers. I bring in a bunch of CEOs and let them critique what they're doing. So they're actually presenting it as if they were the CEO of the organization. So they get a good foundation of some of the abstract concepts in banking. They now understand it from a hands-on standpoint. Uh, we do a bunch of other things. We look at American Banker. We go through and talk about current issues in banking. So we're pretty well plugged in. So it's not just a traditional course, although we do work through all the basics. So it lays a good foundation. Students who get admitted to the program, then the next course that they take is we teach them how to lend money. So that is a, uh underwriting since banks derive the mul- bulk of their income from... Uh, interest and that's from making loans any banker should understand the dynamics of underwriting. We teach them the mechanics and then what we do is we start looking at live small business um, uh, credits and we have students that actually present those to a committee of bankers so it's an actual credit committee. Um, We don't do a lot of it in that first semester but Mm -hmm. the second semester we have a course that is nothing but a lab course and actually, what they each student will do is analyze and present up to eight to ten different present um, uh, small business loans, and these are live loans, um, not redacted or anything like that. But they actually do the analysis, present it to a committee, and determine if it's going to advance to actually lending money. So we have a relationship with a local bank and a micro lender in town to allow us to do that. So uh, and. The loans that we ultimately get approved are earmarked for Marquette, so we have a, um, a segment of the microlenders mm-hmm. system that allows us to manage that portfolio, and that's what we hope to grow over time. So totally hands-on. Um, and then uh, one of the uh, last courses we take is the risk management side, because Uh, Banks face um, a wide amount of risk, and uh, this is often an area that um, people really don't talk about a lot or understand a lot, uh, and especially students. They don't really understand the the nature of the risks that banks face, and we do a much deeper dive there. Um, Our plans are to do more hands-on simulation uh, as well as other research and things that I think will um, attract more students to that program. And um, only been in,
0: in place a couple of years, but you've been able to get uh, your students placed in financial institutions Absolutely. in the area. And I have to think part of that is driven by you have are the the advisory board people, the committee people that you have who come and, and um, sit through the presentations and all of that, and maybe offer internships. And so that. That's been a, a real successful part of the program, right? It has.
1: Uh, our students uh, that have graduated are 100% placed. A um, good, good chunk of my seniors right now are already placed, and graduation isn't until May. Uh, I have people calling me looking for interns. Um, so we're placing interns, we're placing uh, people at we're in demand. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that that has been very successful. Uh, and I get very good feedback from all the employers uh, at this stage. And actually, even once they start the internship, um, they would like to get them back even the next year if they're not uh, at the senior level yet, but that can work its way right into an an actual offer.
0: Now, um, I was uh, pleased to be part of... uh... One of the uh, events that you put on, both in, on campus and in Washington, we did, a, as, as you know, we did a session on financial crime. You did one on FinTech that we mentioned. What do you have coming up uh, next spring? So you do try to do one at least every spring. What uh, That would be on the Marquette campus. What's the, what's the thought process now? What do yeah, you want to do?
1: One of the things that I've been thinking about is uh, I have a, um, a dialogue with the director of the uh, CFPB, um, Kathy Kraninger, in, in Washington, uh, and, a Marquette grad, right? And she is a Marquette yeah. grad. Yeah. And uh, what I'd like to do is have her come out and um, be the keynote, and we'd, we'd focus on what the CFPB is doing right now, making certainly a lot of changes. It's a great venue for Illinois and Wisconsin bankers to get together, to get in front of her. We'll have a panel discussion as well to talk about... Um, Consumer
0: regulations, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So it's
1: more from a a regulatory standpoint, but this is top of the mind for a lot of bankers. CFPB has been, uh, as you know, part of Dodd-Frank and uh, a very important part of it.
0: So the bankers that are engaged in either the advisory board or come to volunteer their time uh, to be part of these committee presentations, what are they telling you that they're looking for in terms of – they're obviously happy there's a program here. Yeah. What are they looking for in terms of the
1: of the new talent coming out of college? You know, uh, it's you know a lot of the banks are focused very much on uh, lending is 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 a big part of this. So they're they're very interested in students coming into that. But again, they are looking for individuals, and this is part of our mission that can hit the ground running. Right. A lot of the banks, bigger banks have more of uh, some type of training program, but smaller banks do not. So. What we offer here is students coming out of this program are not only going to understand the terminology, but they will then have been tested through simulation, actually making loans, uh, and the like. So they're hitting the ground running. They can move a lot quicker, and they can advance a lot quicker, and that's what a lot of the bankers are definitely looking for. Um, The nature of the courses and the topics that we're discussing right now, the advisory board has generally been... Pretty comfortable with. Um, and we try and stay close to that to make sure that we can address changes as time's, time goes on. Uh, and there will be, but generally they've been pretty comfortable with that. So j- we just have a couple more minutes. One
0: of the things, um, if you don't mind, to explain to the layperson what is the designation of a center mean? Um, you know, I, obviously these folks are in the business program, so they're going get to get the degree. Um, from, from Marquette's Business School, but they obviously now will have that focus and uh, commercial banking if they can accept in your program. What's the, what's, what does the center designation mean, if anything, to somebody who's hiring somebody? Obviously, they come out with the content and subject matter expertise and the hands-on. That's great. What, is Mar- what does Marquette mean when they call something a center? I know there's a center for cybersecurity because we did an interview with Tom Kaczmarek last semester, and I know there's a center for peacemaking because we also interviewed Pat Canelli about that a year or so ago. What, is, what yeah. does the designation
1: mean? You know, it's a little bit um, a little bit abstract, but a center is different than a major uh, in that it is a much more focused, a much more directed um Type discipline. Um, so when I talk about a major, let's talk about a finance major, much broader and what uh, and, and, and that encompasses a lot of things and there's a lot of disciplines that students have to go through. When you get into a, a center, that is when you get into more of the unique uh, courses and curriculum that are focused on that particular topic. Doesn't mean that they don't have to take the same courses uh, to still be a finance major right. because they're they're within a major. The big difference there is the requirements that we have of the students are generally higher than that of a major. So in other words, GPA has to be higher. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to hit a certain level on every course that's required in the program, which is higher than what a what a person in a major would have to do. So okay. and that's what a lot of the bankers. And In the industry people like is because then you're getting people at a higher level uh, from a GPA standpoint.
0: So if people want more information, um, you know, as, as we've talked offline, uh, not just banks, but firms like like my firm and others, or if they have somebody who has a banking background, that becomes particularly appealing to, to your hit-the-ground-running perspective. Yes. Uh, if uh, potential uh, employers wanted to learn more about the program, where can
1: they go they can go to my website and uh, i believe you're going to have we we will put the link up you'll put the link up um the website is going to give you a good idea of what we do Mm -hmm. we do a lot more things than just the curriculum uh we do we do field trips uh we visit the fed we'd like to do a trip to washington um and you'll see all that on the website, and you can and you can drill down and get much more information on myself, my background, and what we do in the program. And of course, you can always contact me directly, and um, I'm happy to share lots of information with you on the program and entertain questions that you might have. Uh.
0: Ken, thanks uh, for taking the time. I also, uh, on behalf of the students, you're giving them a leg up, and that's so important uh, uh,
1: nowadays, but thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Once again, I want to thank Dr. Belasco for taking the time to talk to us about the very exciting program uh, at Marquette University. For more information, on the commercial banking program, and any of the events that uh, they are planning, and there'll le- at least be one early uh, in 2020 on Marquette's campus. So more information on that when it's available. Uh, but please go to uh, marquette.edu, and then you can look at under information under the banking school uh, um, um, umbrella, and information will be there. We'll also post information on our website. We've we've done a number of uh, blogs recently about legislation, ask you to take a look at those as well. I think there is some potential that we could see some movement before the end of uh, this this session of Congress, which obviously ends up toward Thanksgiving, depending on a lot of other issues. But uh, we do have some information available on our site that talks about uh, some of the... uh, uh, issues and proposals and potential changes for we as in the compliance profession. So if uh, if you have a chance, uh, take a look at that. This is John Byrne, and I want to say once again, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time on AML Conversations. Have a great week, everybody.